Beanbag Studios presents Nine Stories Up. I'm your host, Hunter Piermont. Sort of came up. You remember that commercial when we were kids where the old guy brings his glove to the game as a Miller commercial? Because the, okay. the, the campaign was by that man, a Miller. And they, they hit a home run and he reaches up, catches it, and in one motion pops it in the old guy's glove. And the old guy's like, I got a ball. I got a ball. I got a ball. Right. Now, yeah. I should point out, in real life, I... I the other voice you hear is that of Mark Simon, my um, podcast pen pal from season two. Um, we have been talking about foul balls at baseball games in light of a comedy set that he had done at an open mic near his home in Southeast Pennsylvania. The other reason it's interesting is that Mark's day job is for a company that does all sorts of stats and analytics for baseball. So he was the perfect person to have this discussion with. I told the story to a colleague at work, and she referred to me as heartless. Um, and I will wear that badge with pride, uh, and I still have the ball. So, In that Miller commercial, the guy, you know, he puts the guy in the, in the old man's glove. The old man's going crazy, and his friends say, what are you doing? That was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And the guy goes, I know. And then it's by that man of Miller, you know. Nice. Great commercial. That's, that's great, very great sentimental. Commercial. That, yeah, no. That, no, that I, hits. I'm, I'm tearing up talking about it right now. That hits um, in a completely the opposite way of the joke, the way the joke is supposed to hit. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, given what would you say you work for sports information? What's the name of the company you work sports for? Sports Info Solutions. And what's your job title? Um. Uh, my job, the job title that I want it to be is, um, what, what is it? Um, editorial content coordinator. Okay. So, so, you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a quantitative analysis company for mostly baseball, right? Yes, it is. Uh, it is baseball, basketball, football, but baseball is where we made our money. So what would you say then is, the odds of getting a foul ball at a major league game. <laughs> oh, if you put what 30,000 people in the stands and there are what, um, how many foul balls that reach the stands in a game? Just imagining what the answer is. What? 40, 50. Um, so I guess you divide, but you have to factor in where people sit. When I was a kid, we always sat in the mezzanine, um, which was high up. So you needed someone to have a little strength to get one to you. Um, but I don't know. It, it's what? One in um, 600. Uh, if, if you're sitting, it's probably it's lower if you're sitting low and it's higher if you're sitting high. So how many how many baseball game, major league baseball games have you been? To I love the exercise Mark just went through on my behalf. It's quite the professional. While he was talking here, I Googled it and it's and it's one in a thousand, according to Fangraphs. So with the amount of baseball games he's been to, probably is one in 600 for him, maybe over the course of his life. I don't I don't exactly know how that stuff worked. But when it comes to the subject of foul balls at baseball games. You know, after my mother died in the spring, I started to you know, recount and replay all the times where I could have done something different because those who know me know that's the type of person I am. And there's one specific story around a foul ball that I, I recounted for Mark while we were talking. 
So my freshman year of college, the summer after it, I stayed at school in Chicago and my mother came out to visit me and we went down to the city for a weekend. And of course I wanted to go to a Cubs game, right? I had not seen Wrigley Field living there for a year or whatever. And so we're at this Cubs game. It was like a dreary Saturday and the Cubs sucked and no one was at the game really. And we're sitting there in the upper deck on right field and Gary Sheffield comes up for whoever he was playing for the Marlins at the time, probably. And he hits a foul ball that, you know, I've probably been in the same amount of baseball games as you have. And he hits a foul ball that looked different than any other foul ball I've ever seen hit. It, it looked so different coming off the bat because it was, I was and, and in my brain, I'm like, this is what it looks like when it's coming right at you, you know? And so it comes up and the guy, a few seats from me, it's right to him. And he tries to catch it. It bounces off his hands, bounces on the empty row behind me on the, on the concrete. And I'm sitting there and in my brain, I'm like, this is going to be the one, this is the one. And then next thing I know, I'm, my forearms are like bracing against the concrete and the balls disappeared from my view. And this kid who was sitting a few rows down in the front row has the ball with his friends. And I'm just sitting there like it was a blur. And the ushers came up to me and they were like, did he push you? And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to I'm not going to get a ball where it was by protest. That's good enough for Carl Lewis. That's fine. That's not for me. So. That whole day after that, my poor mother had had come all the way to Chicago and she wanted to see Chicago and do stuff. And I was so despondent when that happened that I didn't want to walk around because I thought even though the, the stadium was empty, I thought that everybody at the game was ever was like the whole city must have been there. Everybody was watching it on TV and wherever I would go, they'd be like, that's the guy who the chump who couldn't get the foul ball at the game that nobody was at, that nobody cared about for the terrible team that people liked to, you know, joke around about. Right. But it, but it ruined, it ruined that, that weekend. And I really thought that like, that was the opportunity, right? That it's not going to happen again for me. And that was it. And I was still only 19, 18 years old. Like I had a lot of baseball to go to and that was it. It was done. This episode of Nine Stories Up is brought to you by the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. Join host Mark Simon as he interviews special guests to discuss notable topics related to baseball analytics and defensive excellence. You can find the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So as we teased in the cold open and I described in the following voiceover, Mark did use this in a stand-up set and told a story of him potentially catching a foul ball. So I had been talking to him because I wasn't sure how well the recording he sent me would work, but I think it works pretty well. So here's Mark's set with the foul ball story beginning to end. All right, I'm a storyteller, so I'm gonna, that's, that's gonna be my vibe tonight. Um, I've been going to baseball games since I was a little kid. And the thing that I wanted most to do at a baseball game was to catch a foul ball. I have no athletic ability whatsoever. I've talked about that here in the past. 
on the net. The only thing I ever caught in a baseball game was the chicken pox. So, after 30 years of trying, I finally got one. Hall of Famer Mike Piazza hit a line drive 110 miles an hour. It hit a railing, came to a stop, rolled right to me. When I picked it up, it was the greatest athletic accomplishment of my entire life. And I high-fived everyone in the stands, showing it off like I had just hit a home run to win the World Series. That's cool of you when you're five, it's a little less cool to do when you're 35. And there's a rule in baseball games that if you catch a foul ball, get a foul ball, you're supposed to give it to a little kid. And there was a little kid sitting a couple of seats away from me. And I motioned him over, and I said, kid, when I played Little League Baseball, I made 40 errors in 10 games. When I walked home from school as a nine-year-old, the girls called me Wiggleworm. I deserve this ball. You can go back to your father and tell him you learned the meaning of the words earned it. I'm going to donate my vital organs to strangers when I die. But it's in my will that the foul ball is going with me in my <laughs> I made the mistake of telling this story to a female colleague at work, and she launched into me. She called me heartless for what I did, a shitty person for not giving the ball to a little kid. And I thought about that as I went through the rest of you may recall the theme of the last time Mark was on Nine Stories Up was how we had sort of lived parallel lives on, on either side of Central Park at the same time. And foul balls are no different because I might have missed the one hit by Sheffield, but I would get redemption sitting with my back to Waveland. So fast forward four years later, now I'm out of college had just moved down to Chicago to live in the city itself. And is the summer of 1998, the greatest baseball season in my, for my money ever. And when my roommate and I had signed our lease earlier in the summer, we went to Wrigley Field to get whatever bleachers tickets we could, which the only one they had left was the last day of the season. And we also scooped up anytime the Cardinals came to town because we knew that would be the hottest ticket going that would be a game we wanted to be at um, even though you couldn't get bleachers for it so it's the last game of the season and we had four we got four tickets for that game and it was me my two roommates and then this old guy named bum who was our fraternity's alumni advisor right and he was a guy who just loved hanging out with us like would bankroll parties for us you know play golf do whatever if we got in trouble he would he would come and like throw his weight around the college for us. Like it was, it was just great. He flew all kinds of cover for us. And he was, and he just had like, he, he, he had the persona of like the gruffy old man who could say whatever the hell he wanted and did. And he, he used to say we kept him young. Right. And so this was like us thanking him for all that. And, and knowing that now he had like, we weren't undergrads anymore. So he, you know, it was, it was like a, a, 
bit of a closure thing, right? So Bum was also the kind of guy who never put his back to a door, always checked his surroundings like he sold water-based coating for, for paper plates and, and very well, I might add. But he wasn't a mafia guy, right? But he was Italian of that age and that's what you did, right? So, so we're in the bleachers and we're sitting there and he's on the ends. So we were right on the aisle and Bum's on the end. I'm next to him. My other two roommates are next to me. And at some point at, between innings, like he gets up to go to the bathroom and the outfielders are warming up. And Lance Johnson was playing center field for the Cubs. And after he gets done throwing the throwing the catch, you know, he tosses it into the bleachers for a fan to get. And so he tossed it in and it was coming sort of close to me, but it was in the section across the aisle from us. And so I stood up like everybody else and some guy like, I don't know if it bounced off his chest, off his hands, but it ricocheted my way. And I like went all Dominic Hashik on it and stuck the hand up and stabbed it out of the air. And then in true New York City kid fashion, I I buried it under my shirt, right? So that so that it was so that no one could see it. I was I was like I was waiting to get jumped for this thing, right? And my heart was just pounding, pounding, pounding. And I felt this like euphoria of redemption from the Gary Sheffield foul ball, right? It was this, it was Wrigley giveth back. And so I'm sitting there like that, you know, still hunched over, like, like adrenaline bouncing off of every pore of my body. Bum walks back down the aisle. He sits down next to me. And then, and so at some point, you know, two or three minutes later, I, my hand, I pull my hand out from my shirt. And I and I hold it up for him, and he says, "You got my goddamn ball." Mark and his colleague have had a twenty-year running joke about how heartless he was to not give that kid the ball. But what Mark was trying to tell that kid is that he's that little kid too, just like I was that kid who was beyond consolable when I. Thought my one chance to catch one was missed. And when my heart was racing with glee, when I actually had caught it, it's the reason that Mark and I both know where those balls are in our houses and can produce them on request. Cause that's right. I didn't give it up for bum that day or any other. And he knew that was going to happen. It's why Mark's joke about, taking the ball to his grave got the biggest laugh in his whole set because everybody in that audience knew it was true so i guess i'm not the guy you're gonna buy a miller that doesn't matter we drink old style in the bleachers anyway have you ever been up have you ever been down Nine Stories Up is written and produced by me, Hunter Piermont, in association with Beanbag Studios in Holly Springs, North Carolina. Brian Babulus is our director of Hurricane Response. Our theme music is short stories by the great Harry Chapin, licensing graciously provided by Warner Chapel Music. Our cover art is by Jack Aguirre. You can find the rest of Jack's portfolio on Instagram at colt underscore NYC. 
you have a story to tell, reach out to us at Nine Stories Up on the major social media platforms or email us ninestoriesup at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review. That'd be good. Finally, I'd of course like to thank Mark Simon, who actually did the recording for this episode. And I don't know if I'm going to let that happen again. So, um, so do you want me to, do you want to sit here while I retell mine? Because I have to record them one way or the other. So Whatever do you want to sit do. here for it? Okay. So I'll, do, you, um, do you want me to, do you want me to not, I'll not comment or like. Well, I, if I, you're, reco- you're recording this in separate tracks, right? Oh, um, probably not. No, sorry. Oh, okay. So, there, um, I should have done that, shouldn't I? Um, do we need to redo anything? We shouldn't. And... No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It, it okay. just, don't worry about it. Yeah, no, all right. I think, I think we should. I think we should have recorded you laughing at the points when you were laughing. Oh. You know? I, well, I, I guess. Uh, um... <laughs> um there i just gave you like a little thing that you can plug in oh right um, <laughs> <laughs> um i didn't want to interrupt you had a really good no flow. i know i know i know we'll see we'll see how it sounds we'll see how it sounds